Are you interested in joining a community of policy influencers working toward positive change? Consider Seton Hall University's results-driven executive graduate programs in international affairs. You can customize your studies through research in regional areas and specializations, including conflict management, global health security, and more. As a graduate candidate, you can leverage a collaborative and dynamic professional platform that includes one-on-one faculty mentorship, career workshops, international seminars, and discussions with global leaders on campus, at the UN headquarters in New York, and in Washington, D.C. The program is flexible. Study full-time or part-time, online or at the New Jersey campus just 14 miles from New York City. To learn more or sign up for a webinar, click the link in our episode description. Hi, I'm Casey Candela. And I am Damilola Banjo. Welcome to Unscripted. Today, Brazil's ambassador to the UN, Ronaldo Costa, shares what it's like to hold the monthly rotating presidency of the Security Council in an election year for his country. We also discuss the shrinking Amazon forest and how Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro's relative isolation on the global stage is influencing Brazil's voice in the UN. We also talk with the climate change and policy expert, Adriana Abdeno, who is a co-founder of Plataforma CIPO, an independent women-led institute based in Brazil. This is Unscripted, a podcast taking you inside the United Nations and beyond the scripted debates to the people at the heart of it all, the diplomats. Ambassador Costa has represented his country in World Trade Organization negotiations and financial treaties with the EU. But his foreign affairs journey started in 1988. He has fond memories of the birth of his daughter being announced at the UNICEF Executive Board session. My first posting was here at the UN, where I did second committee affairs, most particularly development cooperation issues. On a side note, I have a wonderful memento from this time. At one point, I was uh, elected bureau member on the UNICEF executive board, and my daughter chose to be born during the annual executive board session. So I called in the morning, I said, you know, I can't come in because I'm in the, in the hospital with my wife. And the president of the board announced my daughter's birth in plenary at the UN. So I have that tape and, and it's a very, very fond moment of that time. After that, I went to Ecuador and I was entrusted with the fire on the, the conflict ongoing between Peru and Ecuador. Very rewarding experience for me. Very tough, very difficult, but very rewarding. During the country's Security Council presidency, Ambassador Costa says that Brazil will focus on two themes. First, the annual presentation of the Report on Children in Armed Conflict, and second, an open debate on strategic communications in peacekeeping operations. Brazil is a founding member of the UN and a longtime troop contributor to peacekeeping. We're doing two 
I'll be honest, I don't really like the term signature events because it seems to diminish the rest of the work of the council, which is equally important. But we have picked two topics that we want to, to focus on. Well, one is a yearly event, in essence, which is the presentation of the report on children and armed conflict, which is something very, very close to our priorities. So we felt, you know, coming out the report now, it, it, it fits in well with our our presidency. So we're having the deputy minister coming in for that to, to preside that event on the 20th. The other thing we have picked, which is also something that is aligned to our priorities, which is uh, related to the issue of uh, efficiency peacekeeping operations. We have picked the theme of strategic communications in uh, peacekeeping operations, which I'll be honest with you, at first reading, I was not overly impressed with choice. But when I got down to delve into it, I saw really how important it is, because it addresses the importance of and gains that can be made when the members of a peacekeeping operation have a better and more fluid and more open communication with the local population so that they can explain what they're there to do, uh, what they can do, what they cannot do, um, how they can support local populations, particularly populations in situations of vulnerability. And there is a lot of scope to enhance this kind of relationship between the members of a peacekeeping operation and the local community. So you know, it's, uh, I'm convinced and I hope that uh, everyone will also see the, the need for us to work a bit more on this. Ambassador Costa became Brazil's ambassador to the UN in February 2020, just before COVID-19 was declared a pandemic. The Brazilian economy has barely recovered from the scars of the virus. Now, the ambassador has to help his country avert low food production. The Russia-Ukraine war is straining global fertilizer imports, and Brazil's farmers are feeling the heat. Brazil has moved from being a net food importer 30 years ago to being a powerhouse in agricultural markets around the world. The latest figures I saw is that the products of Brazilian agriculture reach 160 countries and feed somewhere between 800 million and 1 billion people every day. So the fact that the conflict in Ukraine has caused such a turmoil in the global food and fertilizer market is worrying for us, not because our population is going to go without, because we can feed ourselves. If we have to cut back on production because of lack of fertilizer, then we will have less to, to, to supply the world. Not to mention the immediate concern about people who are already undergoing hardship. And it has been very frustrating for us because the issue has been raised in the council over the past few months already. And it is enormously frustrating that what we see in Brazil, it's, it's a conversation be between the deaf and the dumb because nobody is listening to each other because one group of countries will insist that there are no sanctions on food and inputs and other members will say, yes, but you know, the impact of the sanctions is affecting the operation of global food markets. And, and there seems to be no point of contact in this conversation. And what we would like to see happen, and we are going to try and promote in our presidency, is that people can sit without being concerned of speaking into cameras, 
to speaking to their domestic constituencies. And, you know, put the accusations aside. I mean, it's not important whose fault it is at this stage in the game. What we have to find is solutions to the concrete problems that are happening. Be it, you know, finding a way to allow Ukraine to export the grain that is there and stocked, uh, be it on a way to find that other countries can, can purchase without uh, suffering the, the sanctions in transport and in finance uh, that have curtailed their ability to buy foodstuffs and fertilizers. So we want to address the concrete day-to-day operations because we feel that if we can get a step closer in this, we recognize this is a small step in relation to the conflict. It's one small positive step where countries may come a bit closer together in looking for perhaps solutions in in other more intractable aspects of of the conflict. Some experts say Brazil has a history of not taking sides in global conflicts, especially when the warring parties are outside the Americas. But Ambassador Costa says this perception is wrong. He says Brazil does not see the UN as an arena for what he calls mudslinging, but as a roundtable for civilized conversations. We may have our evaluations of what is right and what is wrong, but we feel that the UN is not a forum for mudslinging. It doesn't help anyone to say, you know, this is your fault or no, it's his fault. We have to find a solution. And the only way to find a solution is to get everyone around the table and, 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 and talk in a civilized manner. So, you know, it's, it's not a question of sitting on the fence. We will always uh, be on the side of first, evidently, of Brazil's interests, foreign policy interests, but also in terms of preserving the global multilateral order, which is very important for us. Since taking office, some of President Bolsonaro's rhetorics at home and abroad has been anything but diplomatic. For example, since 1991, the UN has voted to condemn the US's economic embargo on Cuba. But in 2019, Brazil voted against the motion for the first time. Bolsonaro also delayed his country's COVID-19 vaccination initiative at first and has criticized his own country's judiciary. So have these actions rubbed off on the Brazilian diplomats at the UN? The president is the head of the executive branch. He was democratically elected according to all reliable evaluations. There's there's no contest that free and fair elections he was elected. And as such, he has his points of view, which reflect the view of the electors who put him in office. So he is my boss. So he sets the tone for foreign policy. And we, as a foreign ministry, will um, uh, follow his instructions and implement them. President Bolsonaro will likely be in New York City in September for the annual General Assembly opening debate, where Brazil traditionally speaks first among the 193 member states. In years past, Bolsonaro has appeared to align himself with leaders such as Donald Trump while he was U.S. president and Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban. Experts say some EU leaders have shunned the Brazilian president. So we asked Ambassador Costa if he feels isolated from European diplomats at the UN. I don't think that Brazil is isolated. Um, 
I've, I read this in the press all the time, particularly the Brazilian press. And, you know, I don't know where these people are getting their information because at least here, I have never been isolated. I have never been put aside. Brazil continues to give its views on, on all issues and is consulted. I am sought out for Brazil's point of view on, on issues. So I, I don't in any way feel isolated. We'll be right back. Are you looking for a talk show featuring leading global voices? Do you want to learn more about how international issues directly affect people locally? Global Connections Television presents the insights of global influencers at no cost to viewers and programmers. GCTV is independently produced and reaches more than 70 million potential viewers worldwide each week. The show covers everything from human rights to climate change, from peace and security to empowering women and girls. It features guests such as Dr. Jane Goodall, former UN High Commissioner for Human Rights Mary Robinson, and Peter Yarrow of Peter, Paul, and Mary. The show also hosts expert voices from the private sector, academia, and labor and environmental movements. GCTV is available to public television media outlets, universities, and service clubs for distribution. To watch the show or find out more, click the link in our episode description. Now, back to the show. Besides our work for Plataforma, Abdeno is serving a second term on the Development Policy Committee of the UN's Economic and Social Council. She knows what it feels like to be a Brazilian diplomat under the presidency of Bolsonaro. Brazil has indeed lost immense space and regard in international policy debates and initiatives. It's broken with its traditional stances and with the principles enshrined in Article 4 of the Brazilian Constitution, which underscores, for instance, the importance of human rights, anti-racism, and cooperation in its diplomacy. So Bolsonaro has favored ties with other extreme right governments at the expense not only of these principles, but indeed of its strategic partnerships, including relations with neighboring countries here in South America, but also with multilateral institutions. And this, combined with a domestic policy that neglects the protection of the environment and respect for human rights, has made Brazil a pariah in many discussions and initiatives, despite the best attempts of many Brazilian diplomats who disagree with this current government to take initiatives forward and to maintain a degree of normalcy in some areas. Bolsonaro's speeches at the General Assembly decrying the UN as a globalist Marxist conspiracy aren't just rhetoric. He has consistently worked to undermine the multilateral system, whether at the global or regional level. Protecting the Amazon rainforest has been in tension with farmers who clear swaths of land to build plantations. Ambassador Costa says the perception that the world's largest rainforest is keeping the globe from a climate Armageddon is false. He also challenged claims that Bolsonaro is a climate change denier. I think there is an inappropriate perception of the points of view of the president. The president is not anti-climate change. He's not a climate change denier. So much so that Brazil came to Glasgow November last year and put forward its, its revised voluntary national reductions and, and this was all hailed 
as a good step forward by one and by all. So we are constructively engaged. Uh, we think we have a lot to show in terms of our climate change credentials. Um, Brazil has perhaps, uh, if not the most, one of the most uh, clean energy matrices in the world. I mean, 43% of our energy is sustained. That compares to 18% on average in the OECD. So I think we are doing pretty well. If I take transport sector out and speak only on electricity generation, uh, we are topping 80% of sustainable renewable uh, generation. So we are a reliable partner and contributing to the global effort at climate change. The message we have been trying to get across is that the Amazon is not isolated from Brazil's economic and social reality. It is a part of the country. And there's one figure which very often knocks people back when I say that the Amazon is home to 20 million people. That's not a small number. These are 20 million people who have to have a dignified means of living. And so we have to, we have to think of means to enable them to have employment and access to public services so that they can have a decent lifestyle. Is that easy? No, it's not easy. And people speak of deforestation. Yes, we know there's a lot of illegal deforestation going on, but the Amazon is a territory that is larger than Western Europe, almost as big as all of Europe itself. And it's not, uh, it's not easy to police such a large territory. So we know there's illegal stuff going on. We try to combat it to the best of our abilities. I mean, we have problems in this area, but we are working towards it. I shared this with the Secretary General a couple of months back, and I said, you know, it, it is for me as, as, as a Brazilian diplomat, extremely frustrating to read the press, the international press, and you get the impression that the only thing that stands between the world today and the climate Armageddon is the Amazon forest. And that's not true. Brazil is responsible for less than 3% of global emissions. And pointing the fingers exclusively at deforestation in the Amazon hides the fact that there is an enormous amount of emissions coming from, particularly the developed world, in electricity generation, coal generation. Germany just announced that it is going to have to increase its use of coal for electricity because of the difficulties in supplies of natural gas from Russia. So, you know, it's everyone has their own challenges in the climate change agenda. And, and we take a bit of exception to being singled out as, as the only culprit in this debate. Contrary to Ambassador Costa's views that the Brazilian government is doing what it can to protect the Amazon, Abdener says that Bolsonaro's administration has, quote, backed the legalization of environmental crime. The Bolsonaro government has insistently defended the expansion of predatory extractivist practices, including mining in protected areas, and it has backed the legalization of environmental crimes in Brazil more broadly. Um, this includes land grabs and invasions of indigenous lands and conservation units in sensitive biomes like the Amazon and the Cerrado region of, of the center west. In addition, the Bolsonaro government continues to severely reduce the budget and actively undermine federal institutions 
such as the Brazilian Institute of Environmental and Renewable Natural Resources, which we call IBAMA, or the indigenous agency FUNAI, and the Chico Mendes Institute for Biodiversity Conservation, known as ICMBio, which is tasked with environmental protection and with providing support and protection with, for indigenous peoples and, and other traditional peoples of the forest. And at the same time, Bolsonaro and his ministers have attacked science, including official statistics, while cutting research spending down to the bone. And these policies have fomented predatory practices, not only by the private sector, but also by organized criminal networks, many of them with transnational ties. The result is the string of new records in forest fires caused by human action, illegal deforestation, illegal gold extraction, and illegal logging, among other activities, as well as a related boom in associated violence, including attacks on and the assassination of environmental defenders, indigenous peoples, and journalists covering this topic. But she says this support is not being done in the way that protects the forest and dignifies the life of the tribe that rely on it. The Amazon is indeed home to a very large population that faces severe socioeconomic challenges. However, the current model, based on predatory extractivist practices, has patently failed to provide the people of the Amazon with adequate jobs and a dignified standard of living. To the contrary, this approach has perpetuated inequality, labor exploitation, and other degrading treatments, as well as violence. Therefore, cleaning up commodity chains so that they do not rely on exploitative practice is not enough, although it is a necessary precondition to guarantee the social protection needs of vulnerable populations of the Amazon. Along with ensuring that agricultural production and ranching and their activities do not cause widespread environmental damage and social harm, Brazil needs a sustainable vision for the Amazon, one based on scaling up effective bioeconomy and other solutions that leave the forest standing without greenwashing. And this is why just transition in Brazil must be focused on the creation of jobs and why prevention of environmental crimes and recovery of damaged areas may offer opportunities for employment in the region, including of youth. There is no panacea for the region, but the starting point is reversing the onslaught of anti-environmental policies put in place by the Bolsonaro government. Ambassador Costa held a media briefing on July 1st at the UN to present Brazil's program of work for the month. He says the Security Council has failed so far to solve the impasse between Russia and Ukraine. He also said Brazil will lead a council meeting on the war in Ukraine, focusing on global food security. But he couldn't say when that'll happen. It depends on when and if the UN can finalize a deal between Russia, Ukraine, and Turkey to enable the grain exports stuck in Ukraine's ports to be shipped out through the Black Sea. On the 27th, Brazil will also hold an open debate on peacekeeping. That's it for our show today. This episode was co-produced by me, Casey Candela, and Damalola Banjo for Pass Blue, an independent women-led media site covering the United Nations and global affairs. 
Dulce Leinbach is our editor. Allison Leche is our fact checker. AI Digital created our podcast logo. And our music is by Poddington Bear. A lot happens at the UN beyond what we report in each episode of Unscripted. And Paz Blue is covering the important news from women's rights to human's rights to the food insecurity caused by Russia's aggression on Ukraine. For day-to-day coverage, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And to subscribe to our newsletter, go to passblue.com. Pass Blue's in-depth and exclusive stories and this podcast are possible with the support of the Carnegie Corporation of New York, the Open Society Foundations, and listeners like you. To show your support, visit Pass Blue's website and click Donate. Unscripted is available wherever you find podcasts. If you liked this show, please rate us on iTunes and share it with all your friends.